I don't know about you, but my heart, my heart says yes. What a mighty God we serve. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for Pastor Tripp and, and Gary, and I, I came here somewhat nervous, went through the first service, and, and Gary is sitting there telling me, hey, just relax, brother. That's easy for you to say. Just relax. And then the, the, the folks at St. Timothy, and they said, hey, just imagine that you are in St. Paul's church in Monk's Corner. It's just different names. One's RE, one's an Episcopal. But I'm thankful. We are thankful. We are thankful. This morning, we would like to call your attention to the book of Exodus the 32nd chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. That's Exodus, the 32nd chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. We will be reading the 25th and the 26th verse. And while you are going to that again, what we, what we told the folks in the first service is that... <clears throat> If I don't hear an amen, I'm tend to, I tend to be long-winded. <laughs> and immediately I heard, amen from guess who? <laughs> Exodus, the 32nd chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. This morning we would like to use for a topic and as a matter of fact, I like to be interactive. So if you don't mind, would you look at the person sitting next to you and ask them, whose side are you on? I don't know if they got it, so you might have to ask them in a harsh, whose side are you on? In our text, say we, here we have the children of Israel some three months after they left the land of Egypt. They were congregated somewhere near Mount Sinai. This was a, a church in the wilderness. Now, this is just me, and I hope my bishop and canon don't hold me and rake me over the coals too much for saying this, but this church I like to call Mount Sinai Church. This wilderness church. And, and you know, wherever God has congregated his people, he will always have or call a leader. 
And just for the sake, I like to call the pastor of Mount Sinai Church, Reverend Moses. Oh, you're getting quiet on me here. Well, the thing about Reverend Moses and his Mount Sinai Church is that the same problems that existed in the Mount Sinai Church, we have that same problem that exists in the churches today. Now, I'd like to introduce you to three types of people that were in Reverend Moses' church. And you will find them in the congregation today. Not in Gary's church, in your church, Reverend Tripp. <laughs> and certainly not in the Diocese of the Southeast. <laughs> the first type that was in Reverend Moses' church was a self-pleaser. Self-pleaser. And again, I reiterate, we don't have them in our church. There aren't any in here today. You see, when Reverend Moses was on Mount Sinai, we are told that he was up there for 40 days. And while he was up there, the, some of the Israelites, they, they grew impatient. So they went to Aaron and said, Aaron, up and make us a calf. Make us a God that we could see. We want a God to lead us because this man, Moses, we don't know what happened to him. We don't even know if Moses is coming back. You see, the Israelites wanted something or someone they could see. They, they wanted something visible. They were more concerned about where Moses was than where God is. Self-pleasers. It's a characteristic about a self-pleaser. A self-pleaser, they have short memory. They have the propensity to develop amnesia. They only remember what they want to remember. The Israelites chose to forget who it was that sent the plagues on Egypt. They chose to forget who it was that parted in the Red Sea. They chose to forget who it was that led them through the wilderness. They chose to forget the God that brought them out. They had amnesia. When the water was too bitter, the Bible tells us that God sweetened the water. And when he didn't have any water at all, he made water come up out of the rock. And here they are now wanting to forget the God that brought them out. When Pharaoh's army had them trapped against the Red Sea, they didn't know where to go. But look what God did. Nobody but a God could part a Red Sea. And, and, and you would think to yourself, why isn't it that when God parted that Red Sea that there wasn't any mud there? But I believe, and don't you know, I believe that God just dried it all up so that they were able to walk. Oh, don't tell me that God won't make a way. Self-pleasers obviously only think of themselves. Everything is about me. Have you ever met anybody like that? Everything is about me. Again, we don't have anyone like that in here today. Understand, it was only a few days earlier that the Israelites, they, when God told them that, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. 
Thou shalt have no other gods before, before me. It was only a few days earlier that the Lord just told them, Thou shalt make unto thee any graven image. And they sat there and they agreed. They agreed. Here they are now and they wanted a God that they could manipulate. A God that they had to carry around. A God that they can see. I want to ask you a question. Who in here wants a God that you got to carry around? Who in here wants a God that, that broke? That every now and then the God break down and you have to take it to the shop? Who wants a God that you have to climb up every now and then and fix it? I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want a God that I have to fix. I want a God that's able to fix me. I don't want a God that, that, that I have to carry. I want a God that's able to carry me. Every now and then our house, we need to go in and repair it. If that's your God. Self-pleasers only think about themselves. But you know what God told Moses? God told Moses, said, I have seen this type of people, and they are stiff-necked. Now, I didn't say that. This is what the word said. He said, they are stiff-necked. And, and, I, and I, I, got to, I got to thinking about this. How many of you know, of you know what a stiff-necked person is? Now, Cam and Mark, I'm trying to be politically correct. I'm being politically correct, Bishop. A stiff-necked person is an intransigent person. It's an intractable person. Now, if you don't care anything about political correctness, a stiff-necked person, as the old folks used to say, is someone that's stubborn as a mule. It's a pig-headed person. You see, the Israelites, God wanted them to go right, and they just keep wanting to go left. Stuck in their ways. They were self-pleasers. God was trying to teach them how to worship him, but they had their own agenda. But hear what the apostle Paul said. Paul said in Romans 8, 8, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, let me move on. The second type that we had in Reverend Moses' congregation, ah, they were called people pleasers. You have the self-pleasers and then you have the people pleasers. Y'all getting quiet on me. Do you know any people pleaser? Well, let me tell you about a people pleaser. They try to please and satisfy everyone. They're on everyone's side, regardless of who's right or who's wrong. You see, a people pleaser could be for you today, and tomorrow they could be against you. People pleasers. Oh, we used to call them chameleons. Whatever bush they land on, that's what color they are. People pleasers. You see, instead of them suiting up to change the environment, they suit up to suit the environment. People pleasers are those who don't take responsibility for their own actions. 
they believe in what's called passing the buck. Well, if you don't believe it, just take a look at Aaron. You remember Aaron? Aaron is the man who knew right from wrong, the man who was the high priest, the man who was with Moses when, when Moses went before the Pharaoh. This is the same man that watched all the miracles, the same man. And as you remember, it was Aaron that the people came to for an idol God. And Aaron says, just give me your gold. And Aaron melted it down and made a golden calf. It was Aaron who built an altar so that they could offer up their sacrifices to their idol. Not once did Aaron try to dissuade them. Not one time. Well, the Bible says that after the Israelites had offered up their sacrifices, they ate and they drank and they partied. Somebody said they partied like it was 1999. But when Moses came back to the camp, Moses asked Aaron, he says, Aaron, how could you do such a thing? But watch Aaron pass the buck. Aaron says, well, brother, you know how these people are. You know good and well that they're prone to violence. But, but brother, you know what? All they did was give me the gold. And when they gave the gold to me, what I did was just threw it in the fire and out came a calf. Never once did he take responsibility for his actions. Church, this morning, whatever God has for you to do as the Nike commercials say, just do it. If God has called you to sing, sing. If God has called you to play, play. If God's called you to preach, preach. Whatever he's called you to do, do it. Finally, the third type, and I'm sure everyone in here is, falls into this category, and maybe I'd get some amens. They're the God-pleasers. How many God-pleasers do we have in here this morning? If your aim is to please God, or you ought to be able to praise him, if your aim is to please God, God-pleasers. There were God-pleasers, people who want to do God's will. You see, a God-pleaser is the one who will stand if he's got to stand all by himself. He's not worried about opposition. He knows that of God before him, who can be against him? Now, we are told that even Moses, Moses was a meek man. But we are told that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and saw the sins of his people, he got angry. He got angry. That he broke the tablets in and, 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 and shredded all of them. He broke the tablets, tore down that golden calf, ground it up, stored it in the water, and made the Israelites drink it. That's what the word says. That's what the word says. Then Moses told the, the Levites to suit up and strap up. The Bible said they put their swords on, and Moses says, who's on the Lord's side, come to me. Who's on the Lord's side, come to me. But you see, I'm kind of reminded right now of Joshua. 
in what Joshua said. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. But then Joshua went on. And he said, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, I can imagine Joshua saying, I am on the Lord's side. One of the things you find about a Christian, you can tell a Christian from, or someone that's saved and not saved, a Christian does not have short memory. You're looking at me saying, well, Reb, what are you talking about? A Christian does not have short memory. Why do you say that? Because you see, a Christian tends to remember things. A Christian will remember what the Lord did for them. A Christian will remember how the Lord brought them out. A Christian will remember the struggles that they have gone through. A Christian will remember how God saved them. A Christian will remember. You don't have short memory. And then my mind goes back to two other people that were in that camp, Joshua and Caleb. Now, they were two of the, the 12 spies that were sent to spy the land of Canaan out. And you know what the Bible says that Joshua and Caleb, they went over, spied the land out with the other 10. Now, 10 of those spies came back, and what did they say? Sure enough, it looks good over there. The land is surely flowing with milk and honey. Everything looks good, but the only problem it is, Moses, they've got some giants over there. We look like grasshopper to them. But don't you know I love the attitude of Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb said, I don't care what they look like. God told us to go and possess the land. If God said we can do it, we can do it. We've got to have that same attitude. Listen, you cannot pay attention to what every Tom, Dick, and Harry say. If God said you were able to do it, you can do it. Well, I hope I'm preaching to somebody here today. See, oftentimes we face discouragement. Why? Because somebody told you that you can't. But God said you can. Oh, I remember the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. God pleasers. God pleaser. You know, David, David is a man that faced many obstacles. David is the man that went up against Goliath. David is the man that he had to run from Saul. Saul was trying to kill him. David knew what war was like. But you know what I heard David say? Here's what David said. And I can imagine when David wrote this, he looked back on his experiences. Oh, you see, who in here got some experience today? David looked back on his experiences, and he saw all the things that God had done. So I can imagine when David wrote the psalm, David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. 
In other words, I don't have to worry about my enemy. I don't have to worry about someone trying to take me out. I don't have to worry about sickness. I don't have to worry about all of this stuff. You know, some of us are going to worry ourselves to death. We worry too much. And then we come in church on Sunday and say, I trust the Lord. Well, if you trust him, don't worry. Don't you know the opposite of, of faith is fear? Fear? Fear. Here's what the Bible says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without Faith. Without faith. You know, uh, and, and I'm, I'm getting ready to sit down. <laughs> I, I, don't want, uh, I don't want Pastor Tripp to come up here and start yanking my robe. <laughs> but, but you know, a couple of years ago, I, and Gary says it, we, I met Reverend Beeson and and we started to talk a little bit, and I met members of his congregation, and, and, and uh, the folks from St. Timothy, y'all just bear with me. But when we first met, there, there seemed like there was some hesitation among the people. Well, they didn't quite know what to expect. I, I'm trying to go somewhere with this. They didn't quite know what to expect, so... They would greet each other, and, and we both we would greet each other with just a wave, you know? But I want to show you what happened when, when you're on the Lord's side. It started with a wave, and then all of a sudden, it, 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 it went to a handshake, and then it got to be a stronger handshake. And after a while, it got to be this big hug. Every time you see folks, they're hugging each other. Come here, Dan. Hugging each other. That's what happened when you're on the Lord's side. When you're on the Lord's side, you put away envy. When you're on the Lord's side, you put away jealous. When you're on the Lord's side, you put away things. My side doesn't make a difference. Gary's side doesn't make a difference. As long as we're on the Lord's side. And I got to say this too. There is no RE side, but the Lord's side. There is no Episcopal side, but the Lord's side. There is no Baptist side, but the Lord's side. There is no Presbyterian side, but the Lord's side. Because I believe when we get to heaven, there won't be a place for the Baptist, a place for the RE. When we all get together. Somebody said, when I see Jesus, I'll say, amen. 